Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. We welcome you in. It's another edition of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM, your home for all things NFL betting every single day of the week. I'm Ben Wilson in for Patrick Maher. Patrick back on the show tomorrow. Michael Lombardi back with us today on the show. First time uh, we have Michael back on the air since Monday Night Football. I guess uh, the Bills are going 20-0, and Michael. Never losing another game. Titans are screwed. Eagles look amazing. Vikings, what do we make of them? Lots of breakdown after that uh, Monday Night doubleheader, but great to have you back here on the show. It's good to be here. Appreciate this. And uh, certainly, uh, you know, Monday night uh, propelled a lot of, I would say, reactions. But one I wrote about, you know, one I wrote about, Ben, and, and I feel like it's it, it looked pretty obvious to me. So, you know, the, the Josh Allen odds this summer were 700 to 1. And, and, I, and I, Patrick and I, we discussed this at length. And I said, look, I think to me, the, the, what I would do if I were betting MVP, we know it's going to be a quarterback, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's nothing else but a quarterback. I would take five quarterbacks. I'd sprinkle around. Josh Allen would be one. Whether you spend $500 or $50, if you bet one of those five and you hit, you're, you're going to make money, right? You're going to make money. And after the game, whatever, Monday night, you know, to me, it's pretty clear. The best player in football, right now with 15 games to go, and I wrote about it for Visa.com. it's Josh Allen. And I don't think it's close. I really don't. And I don't think I'm overreacting because I have moved from laughing about Josh Allen being the MVP when he couldn't throw the ball straight to now watching him throw the ball with remarkable accuracy. Hats off to him and whomever else trained him and did something that I didn't think could ever be done to where he's almost impossible to play. And he's shortened now. You mentioned the 7-1 to number from this summer, Michael. Now down to 3-1. to We'll talk some of the awards a little bit more in depth later in the show, but you've seen that number come more than uh, cut in half now. Patrick Mahomes at plus 450, and those are your only two guys in single digits on the odds board right now. So we'll get into that as well a little bit later. I want to get your thoughts on some of the Coach of the Year odds, too. We have three rookie head coaches all leading that list that I know you are anxious to get your thoughts on there. And then uh, we'll have some other, because we talk about uh, some of these player props, too, and individual player awards. Megan Payton going to join us, the uh, the daughter of 
former Saints head coach Sean Payton. Megan does a great job for Wager Talk. Megan going to join us here a little bit later this hour. A frequent VSIN contributor as well. And then Harry Gagdon, our pal from the Against All Odds podcast with Cousin Sal. Harry's on a, on a heater there, Michael. Five and one with his picks on the show so far through two weeks. So he joins us at uh, 1.30 on the East Coast. And you, you talk about the mechanics, uh, Michael, for Josh Allen. And I look at what we've seen the first two weeks where he's barely running the ball. Very popular over rushing yard prop. We're, we're, what the general public were talking about with Allen, it was in the 45 and a half range on Monday night, and yet only needs to carry it one time for 10 yards. He really isn't using his legs at all. But here's a guy who goes 26 of 38, over 300 yards, four touchdowns. When you look at the mechanics, just how different is it to you now, Michael? Even just comparing it to a season ago when he had to rely so much more on his legs. Well, I think the threat of his legs is still there, right? And so the threat of his legs creates a lot of openings because you don't play man-to-man because of him, right? It, you cannot lock yourself into a man-to-man game and and feel like, okay, you know, we they did it early in the game. He ran for the first. They got him in a third and long. They locked up man-to-man. He had nowhere to go with the ball. He took off first down. And, and at that point, Vrabel and the staff said, okay, we're done with that. Okay, all eyes on the quarterback from here on out. And so they take that away. And so when you take that away, you play a soft zone coverage, kind of like what we saw Minnesota try to do on Monday night. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of throws that were kind of easy throws to make. Again, not, not taking anything away from what Josh Allen did. I mean, he was, he was great in terms of his rhythm, his feel. And then when he threw the football, it was deadly accurate. You know, Brett Favre always talks about three types of quarterbacks, right? The one quarterback who can throw the ball through a door. That's pretty much anybody, including high school kids, right? Then there's the other quarterback, take a step up, that, that can hit the doorknob. And then the elite quarterbacks throw it through the keyhole. And Josh Allen was barely a door throw it through when he was coming out of Wyoming. He was. He just he wasn't. The reason he didn't go first, second is because of the accuracy issues. Now, everybody can say we said he was going to change that, but – History has taught us that accuracy is almost impossible to change. It is. It's almost mm-hmm. impossible to change. He's changed it, though. And because now he's, I would say he's still a doorknob thrower, but with the time and the protection he has and his ability to escape the rush because he's so damn hard to tackle. He's, like, really hard to get on the ground. He's bigger than most of the linebackers. I mean, David Long's out there, the kid from West Virginia. You know, he's playing number 51 for the Titans, who's a really good player. You could fit two David Longs inside of Josh Allen. I mean, it's like, and he plays linebacker. Yeah. And you add into just, you talk about the accuracy here. I always like looking at the the completion percentage over the expected completion percentage, where it is, it's one of the few analytic numbers where I, I do value pretty heavily. And it, it kind of measures too, like how is the scheme working in favor of a quarterback? And so just for example here, Allen, about a 69% expected completion percentage based on the plays they're drawing up for him, based on the wide receiver separation, based on the type of throws. And he's completing almost 77% of his passes through two weeks. One of the best numbers, only Patrick Mahomes is better in that, in that metric, Michael. So doesn't that kind of tell the story that this is, I mean, the numbers, the eye test, they all point to Allen now being obviously among the elites. And, and it's why he is your MVP favorite still uh, now down to plus 350 here. I mean, like they're hard to play. Like they're hard to play. I mean, and they don't really want to run the ball but they'll run the ball when they have to. They won't get bored if you try to play the off coverage. They will run it on you. And and he's so good at, at being able to make a play. And if the play breaks down, that arm can throw the ball to any point on the field. And they still are able to get the ball to Diggs. I mean, it's going to take some time for teams to figure out how we want to play this, right? 
Are, are we going to play a lot of cover two? Because, see, the difference between Buffalo and, and Andy when he had Tyreek Hill is Andy got bored running. Andy would stop running. And and still try to make a play. This isn't the way Buffalo is. I think you got to credit Ken Dorsey. This offense is really taken on its own life, and it's become. I think it's hard to hard hard to play. And when I have no idea what Tennessee's game plan was after the first drive, like why would did they think they were at USC and John McKay was the coach running toss plays <laughs> yeah. with Derek? Henry? I, I went berserk on that. I, I just you know I've kind of removed myself from Twitter as much as possible from all the negativity, but. To me, like I, I just was like going to lose my mind. I mean, at some point, can we not toss the ball to Henry? Because the Bills' defense is fast. That's the strength of their team is their quickness on defense. Like if you can, like when they ran lead plays and you know get on a guy, they were getting four yards. You want to milk this clock against against this guy as much as possible. One point nine yards per carry for Derrick Henry. You were losing your mind on that, Michael. I was losing my mind on the Bronco Sunday running tight end end arounds option plays on third and one on the edge of field goal range and then taking delayed games. I was losing. I had so many teasers on the Broncos and Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, wouldn't you like to have been a fly on the wall in Nathaniel Hackett's interview? I mean, like, seriously, you're George Payton, and you interviewed him twice. And, I mean, and look, nobody teaches you how to be a head coach. Let's face it. It's a hard job to get. It's a hard job to work. And once you get there, you're really never ready. Like, the fact that Nathaniel hasn't hired somebody to help him become a head coach is remarkable. And the fact that George was in the interview with him and didn't really kind of get – like, the key problem here is what is the job and what isn't it, right? So the job is simply this. He's trying to call be the offensive coordinator and the head coach. He can't do both jobs at the same time. You know, he just can't do it. And so he he needs to make a decision, and he's the head coach, so I think he needs to be, focus on how do I manage the game correctly and let somebody else call mm-hmm. the plays. Being uh, For me, being on the air, Michael, during our Live Bet Sunday show and just watching the trade wreck unfold in real time, I, I was almost at a, at a loss for words. I, I'll get your thoughts on that, too. We need to have the more deeper conversation, too, on that, as well as these other rookie head coaches, which we're going to do in our next segment. Uh, he is not even close to being in your uh, Coach of the Year conversation, obviously, with the uh, with the one-and-one start and, and looking very poor in the process. But, a couple of those other rookie head coaches are, though. Uh, so I, I wanted, you know, to, I wanted you, to hit on that later. I wanted, I wanted to hit something. I know it's yeah. not the rundown, but I wanted to hit this. Is I think Cliff Kingsbury took a lot of crap for taking that delay of the game penalty, and I don't. I think that was probably premeditated. I think getting five yards might have been the best thing that ever happened to the to the Arizona Cardinals at that point because it opened the field up. I wrote about it. In, I wrote about it in the column for Veasan.com. It's because everybody's criticizing on him unfairly. Because I think when you have when you're trying to defend five extra yards, you know, then it the field opens up. It's like having a point guard with the open floor. When it's packed in, it's harder. And yeah, you had the from two to seven. That was on your your game tying uh, two point conversion. Yeah, in in I think real time, we're all thinking, what what are you doing if you're Arizona? But it ended up working out for them, and and that's another. Those are two teams as well, Cardinals and Raiders, we need to talk about as well on, on the show today. Raiders will take on the Titans, a couple of 0-2 teams after Tennessee's awful performance on Monday night. Uh, real quick, though, we talked and we heard so much on the broadcast from ESPN Monday night, Michael, about the Vikings playing this shell coverage and giving the Eagles basically anything I, I they wanted. Uh, what, I what didn't were your hear thoughts it. I had on it. That? I had it on mute. I had it on mute. I mean, I could see it. I didn't need them to tell me. I mean, they were just <laughs> yeah. they were going to – here's the problem, right? If you're Ed Donatel and you just watched the game before and you watched Jalen Hurts carry it 17 times, you're saying, I can't get into a man-to-man game with him. 
I can't play man-to-man. He's going to run it on me. This is why the Eagles are not an easy team to play. I've said this all offseason. They're the Oklahoma Sooners. You know, they're a tough – they run it differently. The quarterback's engaged in the run game. They're running single wing out of shotgun. You know, it's a hard thing. And if you don't work on it in the offseason, if you don't prepare for it in the offseason, which made Detroit's loss so staggering because they had time to prepare for it, then you're not ready for it. You're not ready for the pace of the game. And, and I think it's a real issue. And I think he just, he chose to play soft because he was scared to death of the quarterback. And there was a ton of easy throws. Now, mm-hmm. Ben, do not rain on the parade here. We're going to have a Super Bowl parade here, I think probably around 4.30 today <laughs> here good. in Philadelphia. So don't rain on the parade. They're going to go 20-0. Yeah. I've, it was to watch in the regular season. I, I know that them in Buffalo, you know, I guess just pencil it in for, for your Super Bowl. First ever, first well, look, ever Philly's Super Bowl good now. I mean, I think we'll talk about this. When we come back. Philly's good because Philly played man to man. That was something they didn't do last year. And they, and they got after the quarterback. That was a big difference. Yeah, and of the four uh, coaches right now at the top of the board for coach of the year, you have the three rookie head coaches and then Nick Sirianni. So I want to get your thoughts, Michael, on all those guys at the top. If we have time, we'll get them. The Nathaniel Hackett couple minutes in there as well. We're just getting started. Big show on tap here on the Lombardi Line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on this trip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. We're back on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM with Michael Lombardi. I'm Ben Wilson, Patrick Maher, back tomorrow. We were just talking, Michael, about how impressive Buffalo looked Monday night. 
2-0 start for them. Josh Allen is your runaway favorite now to win MVP. Only Patrick Mahomes is even close to him right now on the odds board. And for the Bills now, it's a pretty big test because they go to Miami week three, getting a lot of money in the market up to five and a half point road favorites now. And they're taking on your favorite currently to win coach of the year very early in this market. But you have Mike McDaniel, the rookie. I mean, not a bad start. Whatever you want to say about Miami, Michael, to come out and beat Belichick and Harbaugh in your first two games, that at least has to mean something. But he's five to one favorite. For a 2-0 team like Miami to come back in the way they did against Baltimore on Sunday, Michael, with a 28-point fourth quarter, where do you see this Miami team right now, and how much of a fluke are you believing in that fourth quarter performance versus actually being more a predictor of a long-term success here for the Dolphins? Well, I mean, look, you can't dismiss the fact that they scored 28 points in 21 plays. I mean, that was remarkable. I'm not quite sure what Mike McDonald was doing on defense, especially since it was Tyreek Hill. We talked about that on Monday, but give him credit. I think the concern is defensively. They gave up three plays defensively that, you know, that there were six explosive plays by each team. The Ravens had three plays that resulted in touchdowns, you know, and, and that affected the time of possession of the game, which gave Miami a lot more time to play catch-up. I know that sounds weird, but you, don't, you, don't, you want to yeah, score as it. much as you can, but, but when you don't need any time, you know, you return a kick for a touchdown – and then you you know you do all that it's hard but when you examine the numbers on Miami defensively you know i mean they've been fortunate especially in the last week when, like when i power ranked Miami yesterday i had them in the middle of the pack because their their defensive numbers they've given up a ton of yards and they found a way to win that game but we'll see how it goes this week if they try to engage in a man to man game like they have been it's going to be hard to play buffalo that way and Buffalo's defense, I think, has been outstanding. They're tailor-made to play against this. What we're going to see Miami face now, I think, moving forward, is what people played Kansas City with last year. You're going to see a lot of cover two shell. Mm-hmm. You're going to dare them to have to run the football, see if they can. Remember, the week before against New England, they, the, the longest play was 41 yards, and New England misaligned on the play. And so you, we gotta, it remains, if you're going to give Tyreek Hill free access and let him run down the field, you're going to live with some bad plays. Especially when you think about how banged up that Baltimore secondary was, too. Multiple starters out. And on the defensive side now, you point out the numbers. Miami, last in yards per play allowed, giving up about seven yards per play. I realize some of that is skewed. It's a a pretty small sample size through two weeks. When you give up multiple 75-yard-plus touchdown plays, that's going to impact that uh, to the negative. But that's the reality through two weeks. And isn't it uh, ironic in a sense where you had Brian Flores, this great defensive mind as a head coach previously, that team got nothing out of their offense when when, uh, when Flores was there in Miami while the defense kind of carried that team. And now you have this new wave, bright, young thinking mind in McDaniel as an offensive coach, and you're kind of just in these shootout-type roles for Miami. Like, what do you do here yeah. if you're McDaniel? Clearly, the offense is working so far, but the defense, uh, obviously, you had the one really good game against the Pats, struggle against Lamar and, and the Ravens. Uh, what's the answer if you're looking at that uh, perspective from the coaching staff? I mean, when I watch the tape, Ben, I don't think they're doing anything different than they did last year. I mean, Tua played like he was at Alabama. The guys were wide open. I mean, Baltimore blew a coverage. They, they got caught in a man, bad man to man. I, I really don't see that. I don't see the McDaniel effect on the team offensively. I, I just don't. I see the personnel effect of the team. I really do. Mm-hmm. Like, they're still running RPOs, the same thing they did last year, because that's what Tua can run. That's the only thing Tua can really run. RPOs and tight window throws into the short boundary, into the where he can make an accurate throw, which he's very good at doing. So, like, I, I think this is the difference in their team 
as Al Davis used to say all the time, is Tyreek Hill tilts the field. I mean, he tilts the field significantly. I don't know what Pro Football Focus is watching when they grade him not in the top 10, but he tilts the field. And people are scared to death of him, except for Mike McDaniel. And that tilt is really, to me, what creates this momentum offensively. And they're able to make these loose plays that, you know, that made the comeback. But early in that game, if you were watching that game, a- until the fourth quarter, until the meltdown, th- they were struggling to really do what they wanted to do offensively. They haven't been really able to run the ball like you think they should with McDaniel. So to me, I think we have to kind of slow down. Look, I'm not slowing mm-hmm. down on Josh Allen. I'm going to slow down on McDaniel being coach of the year because it- it's worked out that he's beaten two good coaches. But I think there's still work ahead of them that's going to have to prove it to me. Yeah, the 2-0 and matchup between both of those teams, Dolphins and Bills. We'll learn a lot. We say that a lot, but we this is a game you do learn a lot about a team on Sunday. I, but Ben, I think this more than anything, and I wrote this for Vison that I think the book's going to have a hard time handicapping Baltimore, uh, Buffalo because Buffalo's numbers are just so damn good. Now, they played a bad Tennessee team, They played a real, two, but they played two good teams last year. The number one seed in the AFC – who had a miserable offseason. Let's just put that out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tennessee's had one of the worst offseasons you could have in terms of fixing their team. And then they played the Rams, who still aren't quite yet. I mean, Stafford throws two interceptions last week again. So, like, Baltimore's defense's numbers are incredible. Their offensive numbers are incredible. Like, my my line for this game is eight and a half. Like, I thought the line wow. would at least be closer to seven than it would be. Like, I'm surprised. I wrote this. I'm surprised there's not a bigger tax on Buffalo this week, and partly because of their playing at home and the heat and the humidity down there could affect Buffalo. And the early money all over Buffalo and to the over as well. We've seen this go from, at least on the Buffalo side, from four and a half up to five and a half as we sit right now. Total uh, zooming up first from 51 up to about 54. We have seen a little bit of movement back down 52 and a half right now at BetMGM. You talk about these young rookie head coaches as well, Michael. At least you know, for me, I feel like every year I have one team that's my betting kryptonite. Through two weeks, that is the New York Giants. <laughs> was that Tennessee and Survivor Week One? That's out the window. Had a lot on Carolina this past week, and that was not a fun. A lot of uh, people experience. did. I know. And look, it's uh, you know even the smart money was on Ca- Carolina. Carolina. A lot of has, people. Lo- Carolina lot of people has lost. cost te- uh, Carolina has cost people two weeks in a row now. Really, they have, and they've been in both games. I mean, they've been in both games. I mean, you know, for all the heat Matt Rule's taken. I mean, you know, a flip here and a flip there. That's the difference between Matt Rule and Brian Dayball. The ball bounced the right way for a day ball. It hasn't bounced the right way for Carolina. You know, that's how small the margin is for wins. You know, but the Giants, to me, you know, they've avoided losing. I mean, when you look at the stat sheet, they're one of the better teams in protecting the football, whereas Carolina is one of the worst. Yeah, you think about Dable and this Giants team. I was not sold at all after week one. Part of why I like Carolina in the bounce back spot doesn't work out. Giants get the win, and Dable's now 8-1, to one, your second choice on that Coach of the Year odds board. 2-0 and oh now, heading into a big matchup against the Cowboys at home here, but for as much as we could criticize Daniel Jones, and the numbers are still really ugly, still bottom 10 in the league among starting quarterbacks in pretty much every passing category through two weeks, what do you look at, or what do you see when you watch Dable, and at least the command he has on the sideline, at least appears to be, unlike some of these other rookie head coaches, a guy who does have a lot of respect from his players, and it's a team who to me, Michael, with the eye test, like they play hard for 60 minutes, even if the personnel is not there. It's the one thing I, I would say I've noticed that has been surprisingly impressive about the Giants through two weeks. Yeah, I mean, look, he's, you know, unlike Hackett, Dayball isn't calling plays. He's being the head coach. 
And he's got a really good defensive coordinator in Wink Martindale, which has, to me, been the key to their success the first two weeks of the season. Their defense has played lights out. I mean, they stopped Henry from running the ball up and down the field. They made critical plays in the game against Tennessee. And then last week, you know, they, even though McCaffrey was over 100 yards rushing, they played great. I mean, Carolina loses the game because they turned the ball over on the first two possessions, and they're one for four in the red zone. Tribute that to uh, Martindale. So I think Dayball's really been smart. He's taken back. He's coaching the team, the whole team. And they're not losing the game. And, and what they're doing is protecting Daniel Jones. Look, this is not going to last, okay? Even if they win this week, it's not going to last. I mean, Daniel Jones is going to – when you play a 17-game test, you're going to have to participate in games. You can't just slide your way through. And he's going to have to. The, the, the bad part for Carolina last week was this. Carolina forced 18 third downs in the game, which is what you want against the Giants. You want to put Daniel Jones at as many third downs as you possibly can so that he has to play faster, so that he has to think faster. And they, he only converted six of them. The problem was they didn't turn the ball over. He protected the ball. And that really is why Carolina lost the game. They did exactly what they needed to do, but they didn't force the mistakes that they needed. Right, and it goes from you give up the 58-yard field goal to Kate York to lose week one. It's the Graham Gano 56-yard field goal that ultimately beats you, even though, as you point out, a lot of other things leading up to that. End of the day, though, Giants, 3.8 yards per play in week two. Had, and they get two short fields off fumbles, and they find a way to win. As you talk about, the bounces kind of reflect our general perception, even if they are very, very uh, high variance from week to week. So it sounds like you're not a you're not a buyer at all in the Dable eight to one uh, hype here on Coach of the Year. I mean, look, it's you know I love Brian to death. I mean, and he's done a good job, but it's two games. I mean, his team has huge holes in it. He knows it. Yep. At least the excitement in New York when you go from Joe Judge, who had 0-5 and 0-3 starts to Dayball, you can see why there's excitement. Will it carry over? We'll see. Big Monday night game. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Dallas Cowboys. We'll talk about some of these teams off to 2-0 against the spread starts when we return to the Lombardi Line. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Start your football season on the right foot by subscribing to VEASAN Pro. Get full access to everything we do, including our daily picks at a glance recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests, 24-7 video, season prep, including our weekly college and pro football matchup guides covering every game all season long, pro tools like our exclusive betting splits, and pro tips updated every hour with actionable insights to up your betting game. Sign up on our discounted football special and get VEASAN Pro access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only $175 or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. Speaking of our pro tip, as we welcome you back to the Lombardi Line, our pro tip of the hour, focusing on early season turnover variance when you're looking at the t- these teams either with a lot of early season success or early season struggles. We were just using the Giants example 3.8 yards per play yet, plus two in turnover margin. And a lot of times that single stat, Michael, tells the story uh, in a lot of these games. Buccaneers, another team. They're 26th in yards per play through two weeks, yet plus four in turnovers. And the defense has, uh, has rode them here to not only a 2-0 start, but 2-0 against the spread uh, leading into this big game against the Packers. But we are seeing a lot of Packer money come in, down to one or one and a half on that spread. Tampa favored even though Tom Brady is apparently now deciding to practice today. Michael, what do you make of this? Was supposed to take these days off. I guess he's not anymore. 
Well, I think obviously they need some rhythm to their offense. And I think because of all the moving parts, he probably feels, I don't think he needs to practice. I think he needs to practice with the people he's playing with, you know, and I think that's the concern, especially with Mike Evans potentially being out because of the suspension, right? So, you know, now you've got more faces. Is Julio going to be in there, whether we know that or not? I mean, look, when you sign Julio, you know, you're signing him for basically eight games. You know he's never going to stay healthy for more than that at any point. So, You've got to get these other guys ready to deal with. And so I think that's ultimately why Tommy is going out there to practice and seeing if he can develop some camaraderie with, you know, the, the guys that he has been, you know, that, that are going to be on the field on Sunday. And, and yeah, we'll see if that can happen. I, I mean, look, that's the key component to all this. They've got to get some rhythm with their offense. You think about how Evans, as of now, out appealing that suspension, but at the moment set to miss this game, Chris Godwin still sidelined with a hamstring injury. Julio Jones officially questionable heading into this week, missing last week's game. You think about the matchup, too, with Green Bay, a team we both viewed as a really elite defense. We're able to shut down Justin Fields and the Bears on, on the Sunday night game after struggling to contain Justin Jefferson in week one. I mean, what do you make of a, a matchup like that where it's Rodgers and the Packers, Brady and the Bucks, and yet you have his, probably the lowest total those two guys have ever been a part of, 42 right now? Well, I think a lot of that is because of both teams are questionable at their skill position, right? I mean, the Packers won the other night. When you look at the stat, when you look at what they were able to accomplish, it was all done based on the ground. You know, they ran the football effectively, and they made, you know, and, and even though Chicago ran the ball, the Chicago couldn't score any points ultimately, and that's at the end of the day. You're going to have a hard time scoring points if you're Chicago. I'm shocked they're favored against Houston this week, really. I really am. I mean, Houston's played two good games in a row, and – Chicago's played, you know, beat San Francisco in a, in, a, in a sloppy game, fortunately, and then come back and play this one last week and never really were moving the ball offensively other than the first drive of the game where they ran it down the field. So to me, I, 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 I get the sense that this is a game where, you know, both offenses, the Bucks and the Packers, are just really running the ball better than they are throwing it. Well, and that also leads into, at least for the specific matchup here, it's why I'm a little concerned on the Green Bay side. We've seen all the money flood in on the Packers so far, and that's, again, likely been due to the injury reports out of Tampa Bay and the potential for Evans missing this with the suspension. But you think about how historically, under, when, under Todd Bowles, when he's led the defense and now as a head coach, Tampa Bay's been a top-five run defense now pretty consistently in the Brady and Bowles era here. And you have a Green Bay team that has, has made it pretty obvious that early on, Michael, while they're trying to work in their new wide receivers, that's been a key focus for them. Do, doesn't that basically mean your focus is going to be on that specific matchup and who you think wins kind of dictates where you would go on at least a pick for the side here? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it does, you know, and, and it's interesting because when you look at it, you know, the the over in the last Bucks six, seven games, you know, is been very good, right? You know, over six and one in the last six games when they are an underdog, you know, and yet people are still betting this, right? And so, you know, I, I just think to me there's so much uncertainty with their skill players, and the mm -hmm. and the the one thing I think you have to understand about quarterbacks is they have to trust the receivers, right? They got to trust the route depth, they got to trust their comfortability with them. I mean, we're seeing it all over the league, even though Derek Carr and and Devontae Adams played college ball together. Their 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 chemistry after week one wasn't didn't carry over into week two. And you'll see Carr kind of not his chemistry within that offense. So I think this is the week where we'll see a little bit better offensive performance, especially from these elite guys. They'll start to build a little bit more trust in it. But 
to me, I think that's the concern is there's no trust between the quarterbacks and the receivers yet. Yep, and you, look, you could apply that to to both sides. That's why it's it's for me a game I want no part of right 41 now. Forty one under, the, yeah. I mean, think about that. It's insane. I mean, and then the other factor is how good is Green Bay's is is Bakari gonna is he gonna play? I mean, he was again he's questionable this Sunday. I mean that that's the concern at left tackle and where the the Bucks have been very good is up front. They've been able mm-hmm. to to their front seven. I know they won't have Akeem Hicks, but. Their front seven's been really good. And, you know, we saw what happened last time Green Bay went into Tampa and he had the pick six early game snowballed from there. Packers blown out and the last time we had this marquee matchup yeah. in the regular season, Packers. The, and, the other uh, reason I think the under the other reason the under is hitting here is was so low is the Packers are thirtieth in red zone offense. And the the Bucs are nineteenth. And so to me that that they haven't found their way yet down there. Who's who's where is the ball going to and how is it getting there? You know, and both teams. I mean, look, Green Bay, I'm mean, excuse me, Green Bay's 19th in red zone and Tampa's 30th. I mean, so Tampa doesn't really know where they're going with the football. I mean, that's the biggest issue. And Tampa and both teams want to start fast in the first quarter. They want to start fast and yet both teams have and I, I you know, Green Bay's 24th in fourth quarter points scored. And and Tampa's 18th. I mean, that's typically not what they do. Right. And look, this was there were some books that opened this in the 47, 47 and a half range. It's now down a full five, five and a half points in some spots. I see 41 and a halves or 42 in, in that market. But it's it's a great thought process, too. As much as we as better sometimes get into the narrative of just betting quarterbacks when you haven't seen the cohesion yet. And it's, you know, you certainly expect now that we're into week three that to pick up. It's not something, though, even with the, even with guys who have the name recognition like a Rodgers and Brady, you can't necessarily trust that if you haven't seen it yet. And that's probably why, don't you think? I mean, we're seeing Brady practice on a Wednesday when we figured all yeah. year we wouldn't see it. That, that to me, it's, it's as simple as that. Uh, it's really about chemistry. It's about trust. You know, I mean, if you're going to run this route at certain level, I got to trust you're going to do yeah. it. And young receivers don't do that. You know, I mean, he's got a college free agent kid in there and Geiger. You know, he's got, you know, Darden, the kid they picked in the fourth round. You know, so it's still hard. And and look, let's face it. I mean, we could talk about Julio at some point. You just don't feel like he's going to get through the game. Can he make it through the game? Is he going to be healthy enough to get through the game? Yep. And look, it's one of somehow, despite all those issues, Bucks one of eight, two and O teams against the number to this point. I like that you brought up Lovey Smith earlier and Houston, because they're one of those two and O teams against the spread. They're catching money this week. They've gone from three point dogs down to two and a half in Chicago. And I realize most people will look at that matchup and say, this is the ugliest game on the board. Who would who who is going to watch this? This will not make the DirecTV Octobox of the nine early games on uh, Sunday. But look, how do from, you get that? I got to figure out how to do that. You got to teach me how to do that. I don't know how to get that. You done know what yet. you do, Michael. You come into our circus studio where we've got like ten billion TVs, and I, you just put them all up there. It's I don't I don't I don't know how it's how it works. They just put them on for me. It's great. We we have all the games, but at least for betting. All these games do or potentially have some value here. And they pay cash. They I mean, pay cash. Lo- for, for say what you want about Lovey Smith in Houston, but pretty stark out coaching performance by him with a personnel group way, way subpar compared to Denver. Kept Houston in the game. They nearly pulled the upset. They cover going away there as a 10 point closing underdog. 2 0 against the number, and it's now Lovey against the new rookie head coach here in Matt Eberflus. Uh, what do you expect out of that matchup with the Texans? These are two teams bottom four in yards per play so far, but uh, how, how much do you upgrade Houston, at least with the way Lovey's uh, been able to keep them in games here as a coach? Well, I mean, look, the, the, the Texans are the classic 50 minute team. I mean, they play great for 50 minutes, they fall apart in the fourth. 
But I think this comes down to who do you think is the better player, Davis Mills or, 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 or Justin Fields? And Davis Mills isn't playing great, but he's playing a hell of a lot better than Justin Fields. This is an inner squad scrimmage, essentially. It really is because both teams run the same defense. Both teams practice against the same defense, right? So if you don't move the ball against this these teams – because you're not going to get fooled on coverage. You practiced against it all offseason. This is, should be a game where Fields and Mills both play well. And if they don't, we got a lot of trouble. You can tell that the, the betting market doesn't really buy into either of those guys having success. We're at 40 and a half on the total as well. So it, it's a classic case of, all right, we get everything you're saying. Defenses are not good. But it's like, what are the quarterbacks really showing you here through two weeks? I mean, Davis Mills did nothing. Was just uh, checked down Charlie there for three hours in Denver. Yeah, no, and that's the problem. You got to get the ball down the field, but his skill players got to make plays for him as well, too. Yeah, that would help. Hey, look, for again, I said I had a lot of lot of investment there on the Denver teaser legs. Thank God for me, it was Houston. <laughs> they just did nothing in the fourth quarter, or else it would have been a rough Sunday for me. We are we're going to have the Nathaniel Hackett conversation a little bit later in the show, along with that uh, San Francisco storyline where it is now Trey Lance out, Jimmy Garoppolo in. We'll talk about that next hour. But up next, Megan Payton joins the show from Wager Talk. She'll Help us uh, with some player props here in week number three. That is next, coming up on the Lombardi Line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Attention, BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do. Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement at BetMGM and get a $50 bonus. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable site credit. Site credit expires in 30 days. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. I'm Ben Wilson in for Patrick Maher. Patrick back on the show tomorrow as we're back with Michael Lombardi here on the Lombardi line. So pleased to welcome in our next guest, Megan Payton, who's been a frequent contributor here uh, on the network throughout the summer and now into this football season. Great to see you, Megan. Uh, doing great things for Wager Talk. Give her a follow at Megan Payton 7. Uh, Michael, I'll, I'll pitch it to you first because you have some memories of Megan when she was just a little, oh, little yeah. babkin running around there with, with her dad, Sean. <laughs> you guys are very close. It's, it's funny how these small inner working circles of, of the NFL and coaches uh, work there. So I'll, I'll kick it to you first because I know you're going to go down memory lane here. Oh, well, it's great to see Megan. First of all, it's great to see you and, and I appreciate you joining the show and, and it brings back memories for me too and my wife and we were outside having a barbecue at the house when you and your family would come down to Ocean City and the Harballs were there, the Paytons were there, yep. we had Aaron Cromer all there. It, it was fun and I'm, I'm so happy for you as you continue on this media journey with you. And, and as you know, I love your dad. I can't wait for your dad to get back into coaching. I saw him on TV Aww. this week, but I, I can't wait for him to get back to coaching. Well, thank you, Michael. Thank you guys so much for having me on the show. You know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of everything you do. And it, it is funny, the NFL world, it's, it's almost full circle in a way. And it's one big family. You know, I know how much my dad loves, respects you. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the Cromers and those are people and friends that you have uh, forever. Those uh, both, you know, the Cromers, those someone that we see, you know, once a week, probably. So I'm a huge fan um, of you. I know my dad is as well. And, and I'm excited to get into some stuff because we're talking, you know, maybe going down memory lane with the Eagles. And I know the Eagles had a big game <laughs> last week, kind of foreshadowing what we're talking about. Uh, look, I'll give you a lot yeah. of credit too, Megan, because you came on with us in the summer. You were really high. You were really high on a couple teams, Saints, where your dad used to coach for like a decade and a half, as well as the Eagles. And I know you've been targeting a lot of these uh, Hertz rushing props here through the first two weeks. What what have you made of, of that? And, and how do you find the value too in props when it comes to a team like Philadelphia who have a quarterback who's so multidimensional there in Jalen Hurts? It's a great question because there's a lot of different approaches that you can take, especially when doing player props. But here are the three things that I try to focus on when looking ahead at a game. I'm looking at history, number one, that the numbers matter. I hate to say it, but when we're talking Jalen Hurts and I wanted to take the over and I did take the over uh, this past weekend on Jalen Hurts rushing yards. And the reason I did that was because when I bet it was at 49 and a half. And if you look at what Jalen Hurts did last season, he hit the over of 50 rushing yards, eight of 15 games in 2021. There was a six-game stretch where Jalen Hurts was averaging 56.4 rushing yards per game. So numbers do matter. And then in week one, he had 91 yards, but that was against the Lions. So, of course, you do have to factor in matchup to some degree. I like looking at numbers. So history will be number one. Number two, here's just a tip that I like to follow you, and that's value. Because it's not like, you you know, betting on money lines, betting on spreads, where if you look across multiple sports books, they're typically going to be somewhat similar. When you're looking at player props specifically, you can browse around different sports books. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to check out all the major sports books and I'm going to see, all right, we're looking at, you know, uh, Cooper Cup. How is his receiving yards looking at one sports book versus another? Because you've got to find the best value when you're betting on player props. And number three is hype. Because one of my bets this past weekend was the under on wide receiver A.J. Brown 
touchdowns, receiving yards. We talk about the Eagles and how dimensional their offense is becoming, how dimensional uh, Jalen Hurts as a quarterback is becoming. A.J. Brown had 155 receiving yards in week one against the Lions. The line for him in week two was set at 74.5. I liked the under on his receiving yards because so many people were buying in to the hype of A.J. Brown. Now, I'm all for A.J. Brown. I think he's going to be, you know, (laughs) a huge addition for the Eagles. But specifically, you look at what the Vikings had to do and exactly what they did was double team wide receiver A.J. Brown. And because they did that, you know, Jalen Hurts is going to be forced, which he was, to spread the ball. We didn't see one reception from wide receiver Devontae Smith in week one. That was crazy. I knew that the Eagles were going to find a way to get him the ball, which they did. He had, uh, let's see, 82 yards for Dallas Goder at the tight end, but uh, Devontae Smith had 80 yards. To me, that tells you everything you mm-hmm. need to know. Hype, history, value. And so let's spin it forward, Megan. All right, this week we've got a bunch of games. Let's start with Cleveland-Pittsburgh. Is there any value in betting any of these player props? We know Cleveland has run the ball in two games really effectively against their both opponents. What do you see as the best player prop in this game? My favorite player prop for Steelers versus Browns is Steelers tight end Pat Fryermuth. I'm taking the over on his receiving yards. Uh, it's set right now at 38.5. Last week, He had only 22 yards against um, a team that really played better than them, the New England Patriots. But you look in week one, and Pat Fryermuth had 75 yards, five catches against the Bengals. Fryermuth is one of my favorite tight ends in the league. I've got him on my fantasy. He's always going to be starting for me unless he's injured. He had a breakout rookie campaign. I covered the Steelers actually last season, so I got to see a lot of what he did and how he was able to connect with a quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger. And I know right now Pittsburgh is really struggling offensively. They're trying to find a way to get things to click, whether that's going to be with Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett, I think Pat Fryermuth is going to be a guy and a player that they have to rely on. Um, I, I really like Fryermuth over, and I also think there's something to be said about any time touchdown for Pat Fryermuth. Uh, second player prop that I'm going to give you is we talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers and their offense not really clicking. How about the under on Mitch Trubisky's passing yards? Not only because the offense isn't clicking, but did you guys hear what was happening at the stadium last week? Kenny Pickett. They want their <laughs> first. They want their first round draft pick to start playing. Can we see head coach Mike Tomlin maybe make a change in week three and put Kenny Pickett in? I'm not saying a hundred percent, but it's either going to be because the offense continues not to click, or because Mike Tomlin decides to put Kenny Pickett in. So take the under on Mitch Trubisky passing yards, and take the over on tight end Pat Fryermuth receiving yards. I'm sure Mike Tomlin is like, oh, I really, I, I I'm it. really glad I made that whole speech before the season, saying, yeah, Pickett's not going to play at all. And he told Jay Glazer that for box, and now it's like, well, here we are, two weeks in, and. As you point out, Megan, yes, it's not exactly going swimmingly for Trubisky and the Steelers at one and one. You bring up a really interesting point, though, how you're kind of tying two different results and and how we potentially kind of write the roadmap here, right, to potential props where you go Trubisky under, you're looking at Fryermuth over while people might think, wait, you want an yeah. over on a, on a receiver, but an under on the quarterback yet. You're obviously looking at this from the perspective of your thought on the game plan is a lot of checkdowns, a lot of safety valve throws over the middle here. And it's fascinating to me how you can look at one result. It might also lead you into, uh, into another result here. So clearly you're obviously, I would think, right, you're down on these Steelers wide receivers given what they have and the lack of skill set at the quarterback position and kind of seeing how that relates into maybe another guy to, to throw a wager at. 
You're absolutely right. And sometimes it seems like you're betting against yourself, but I tend to not uh, go down that path because it's so easy to think, well, if I'm betting under on the passing yards for a quarterback, I shouldn't be taking the over on whether it's a tight end or a receiver. You want to sometimes say, ah, I'll just go with the run game, but that's not how I like to approach it. And sometimes that works and you say, all right, I think they're going to run the ball. Uh, I did that actually for when we were talking bills, this one didn't hit, but running back Devin Singletary, I thought the Bills, you know, it was going to be a wipeout game, which it was. By the third quarter, it was going to be a bore, which it was. But I thought, all right, Josh Allen isn't going to have to rely on the passing game so much. They're going to run the ball. Therefore, I'm going to bet the over on Devin Singletary's rushing yards. Having said that, though, not you don't have to do that all the time. So, no, do I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, for, especially for the Steelers' offense? Probably not. But Pat Fryermuth is a tight end. He's a player that gets open, whether that's with Ben Roethlisberger, whether that's with Mitch Trubisky, or, hey, whether that's with Kenny Pickett. I like <laughs> the, uh, him finding a way to get out there. I love it. I love it. And I love Fryermuth, too. I put him on my blue-chip, red-chip team. I think you're dead right with that. And I think the Browns, the way they play their coverages – I think Fryermuth will have a huge day. And Belichick specifically took him away because Trubisky wants to throw the ball to him. I think that's outstanding. Yeah. Thank you, Megan. That was great. Great stuff, Megan. Again, you can follow her at Megan Payton 7 Pump for you, too, uh, on the gig with Wager Talk. Been awesome to see you and, and the content there. So best of luck with uh, with all the player props here going forward. I know you, you were real aggressive on the alt-win total markets. You're off to a good start with, uh, with Eagles over, Ravens under, uh, Saints. We'll see. One in one yeah, start, but uh, great, great to have. Yeah, I know. Great to have you on, though, Megan. Great stuff as always. Thank Thanks, you guys Megan. So much. Yeah, Thank Megan you, Payton uh, joining us here on the Lombardi Line. We wrap up hour number one. When we come back, some of the big storylines and injury news heading into Week Three in the NFL. Get Michael's take two on Jimmy Garoppolo now in starting quarterback for the Niners. We need to do the Nathaniel Hackett discussion once again. We'll do that next hour, as well as Harry Gagnon joining the show. That's all still to come here on the Lombardi Line. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.